Welcome to This Is Life. All right, everybody. So I guess was, first off, I apologize. I know that I didn't get this out this past Friday. Um, the topic that we're going to be discussing today to me is is one of the most important topics. I think that any believer of Christ, any Christian, any churchgoer, any, anybody who, who says that they are a Christian, that they believe in the uh, works and the love and the salvation of Jesus, has to be able to have an understanding of what today's topic is 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 about and and so I had so much information that I really wanted to do it right, and I really wanted to make sure that it was presented in a way that everybody can understand and i don't hopefully I'll do that hopefully today after today's um episode, you will have a greater understanding that i like I have you know. It's okay to remain teachable. It's okay to sometimes talk about controversial things because, you know, none of us have all the answers. I definitely don't have all the answers. And by no means am I, I would even say that I'm a, a, a professional on this subject, but I do know that I love scripture. I love God. I want to do things in, in order and decent. And, and I want to make sure that I'm presenting, especially if we're supposed to be the light of the world and the city on a hill that can't be hid to, to this world and be a source of strength and of hope, not a source of fear or a source of discomfort or controversy. You know, we, we're really good at doing that as Christians. And, and I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of being that source of, of confusion. And when we are the ones who are supposed to have the truth. So the only way to have the truth is to study the truth. And then we do that as Christians by going to the scriptures. And so that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to just go to the scriptures. We're going to talk about some controversial subjects that are going on in today's news, uh, some things that are disheartening to me. And hopefully, if you are led, that you'll share this podcast, this episode, to as many people as you can. Because if you, you know, I think that's important that, especially in the days of the coronavirus and the COVID 19 and all the things that we are experiencing as a world, not just as a nation, but as a world, uh, this is the time for Christians to shine. This is the time for us to be giving the love of Jesus out as more as much as possible. Our headlines should not be controversial right now. Our headlines ought to be where we are going out and about and making sure that people are taken care of in a time of need. So I say all these things because I'm not alone today. I think that this show does much, much better. Um, at least I like it much, much better when I have a guest on. And so you've heard, of course, we've had Matt on a few times. Uh, we've had uh, so several friends of mine come in, talk about their testimonies. Uh, this guy, he's been on the show before. Uh, and a completely different topic. Uh, this is my friend, uh, CJ. Say hello, CJ. Hello. All right. So he's there. Make sure that my mic is working and his mic is working. We're again doing this uh, for recording from my basement, but we are, even though we're 30 miles apart, uh, I, you know, I've been able to kind of finally figure out how to uh, do this remotely. And hopefully it still sounds good. And, and regardless, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we can do where you're not sitting across from my desk. You can actually still be here and be in the process and be in the conversation. And of course, CJ, last time he was here with us, we were had the series and the sessions on his, um, I guess for all intents and purposes, his stepdaughter, Aria, who battled and uh, uh, 
had had cancer uh, in her kidneys, and it didn't ultimately taking her life. And and what an incredible story and testimony that those were. I did, of course, with uh, with Aria's mother Jessica, and then Aria's father Chris, and then CJ, her stepfather, and just the entire situation on story. If you haven't heard those podcasts and episodes, just go ahead and push stop on this one. Go back about I think it's about ten or ten or eleven episodes ago. I think we did it like around August or September, um, and uh, just it's those are really important to listen to because they will give you an eye a perspective on life that we don't really have uh you know until you're faced with those kind of decisions and those type of experiences um you know i think that we tend to in this life we tend to take things for granted a lot and uh you, you know cj is one of those people that uh even at a young age you know he married young and he got involved uh, with a relationship with a with a woman his wife now who had a child who had cancer and he chose to stick around and to stay and to be there right by her side, to be by Arya's side, to to see it through to whatever end it happened. And it just showed his endurance and his perseverance because he was willing to look, even if it took looking death straight in the face, to fight for what is right, to fight for love and to fight for goodness and to fight for, you know, a life that, a young life that is being eroded away by a disease, but yet is still able to give so much in return, much more than her little body could ever even give. Her soul, her spirit gave so much more. And so that experience, I think, has allowed him to have a perspective on life that I appreciate. And that is that he doesn't take things for granted in in a life like a lot of us do. You know, he doesn't look at life as something that we can just pass through and, and just uh, one day it's, uh, you know, we, we, well, let's put it this way. He, there's, there's nothing I don't think that would surprise him anymore. I think that's a matter of that every single day he sees it as a gift. And he also sees it as an opportunity to uh, use every single day to be the best example of a Christian and to be the best example of God's love because we just don't know how long we have on this earth. Would you say, CJ, a lot of those things, uh, would you agree with? Uh, Yeah. And I appreciate your words. They're very kind and, 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 and they, and they mean a lot that that is for sure. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being on the show. All right. Well, to get to get to our topic today, again, this is a topic that I, um, I hesitated even even doing anything on, you know, and it wasn't necessarily because it was controversial. It's just because there was just so much. There was just so much to say, so much to dissect and to get in. And and, and it's uh, we're going to talk today about, um, I, I guess, in, in essence. Uh, Okay. Okay. Well, let's let's just put it this way. You've seen if you've seen any kind of headlines here lately, especially when it regards to Christians and churches, most of the headlines are talking about how churches are. Uh, there's several churches and pastors out there, especially in America, who are defying uh, stay-at-home orders. So you know that there's these there's these orders, you know, that we are given by our authorities that we need to uh, stay shelter in place, stay at home. If, you know, uh, don't only go out for essential business. So, you know, if you need to go out and get groceries or supplies, uh, if you have to go to work uh, or if you can work from home, you know, I don't have to tell you all the drill that that's what we're doing. And in some states, churches are considered essential and some states they're not. I think, you know, every single state has their own opinion on what is considered essential or not. In our in our state here in Kansas, our governor uh, has deemed that churches uh, cannot have uh, a services that are 
10 people or more. If there's more than 10 people, then it's, it's restricted. You, you have to, you know, you can't do that. You have to basically find an alternate way to worship. That doesn't include gathering of people. And, and we have several churches in the state that have actually sued the governor because they want to, they, they feel that their rights of gathering and having a church uh, supersedes any kind of restriction by the governor. And I'm not necessarily here to talk about the Constitution and the way if that's correct or not. I mean, I'll leave that for people who are, you know, the constitutional lawyers and the Supreme Courts and the governors and the authorities and all of those people who are way better to discuss those things. I'll let them be the judge of that. However, I am as a pastor and as a Christian, I think that we need to figure out what the word of God tells us that what, what, what would, what does God say is how we should respond? How should we re- react? What is our purpose when people are faced with challenging times like this? What is our response to be? So I think the only way we can do that is to go. Well, in fact, I'll, I'll ask CJ, CJ, you, when you growing up, I know you grew up in the church. Uh, I, I saw mm-hmm. you grow up in the church and your dad was a pastor. He's actually the associate pastor back when we were practicing, when I had a church and we had to practice and all of, all that. And when you were ever talked about, uh, about going to church, what was the, you don't have to give me the verse reference, but do you know, do you remember the church where the verse the reference to the verse that is always given when people talk about going to church and why it's important and why it's scriptural. Remembering the verse, no. Um, do you remember what it? You know, what is? Do you remember what it? Do you remember what it said? If if not, I, I'll I'll go there. Um, you you can you can go ahead and go there just okay. just because no I I feel like it's a it's a good opportunity even even as a refresher for me um, that everybody listening can can have that that reference. Okay, because it's it's. I think that we're going to get really deep into into a topic that, you know, most people just kind of brush over. Right. No, absolutely right. They take that they they see it as something that is just a given rather than doing research on the whys in the house. Okay. So, to to give everybody a refresher, generally when people say you have to go to church or it's important for people people to get, come together as a church, uh, you know, they they look down upon people who don't go to Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or Sunday evenings or whatever church is. They always tend to go to the the only verse that really even remotely sounds like it's talking about churches we know in America today, and that's Hebrews 10.25. So I'm going to read it to you. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, that particular scripture is used countless times all across the nation, especially, to encourage and to even... um, Rebuke people who don't go to church often. Uh, they say the Bible tells you not to forsake the gathering of yourselves, so it's a sin if you don't go to church. And that never really ever sat right with me, even though I, I was a pastor and even though I had a church. The uh, the only other times it ever talks about church in the Bible is is what? It's talking about the church as a body of Christ, not a church as in a building. Right. So why to me, it was always strange. Why to me would this particular verse be the only place that the scriptures ever talk about gathering together as we know it uh, here in America? And so I think that's a good. 
that that verse doesn't necessarily that I mean it doesn't even point out in that verse a building. No, absolutely not. It just says about gathering together. Right. Um, but but again, that, that but that's the whole thing is that people have said and pastors have said that Christian fellowship has to happen in order for uh, Christians to, uh, I guess, practice their religion. You know, to in order for Christians to be uh, considered Christian, they have to gather. You know, in person together. When when it, when, on, when of course the scripture is very clear, where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. You don't. So we're complaining about not being able to have more than ten people. When God says, "Hey, listen, you're you, even the minimum of two, I'm still there in the presence of you." You know, um, and I believe that God also doesn't even see uh, boundaries, especially in today's connections. We can still relate and can meet and, and can meet in hundreds of different ways. You know, it doesn't have to be to physically touch. Now, I, I'm I'm like most of everybody, and I know CJ, you feel the same way. Where I miss hanging out with friends, I miss being around other people. I miss, you know, uh, we, we we try and social distance. See my wife's father uh, as much as we can. You know, he comes over, but we have to sit twelve feet apart. You know, and you know, it, it's it's hard for my daughter, his granddaughter, to not being able to go up and give her papa a hug. Uh, you know, and so I miss I miss those things. I miss hanging out with you, dude. I miss going over to your house and just hanging out and playing games and you know, cooking out and all these things. And I do miss, you know, having some sort of fellowship at a church building and going there and being around other people that love to worship God. But am I ready to say that uh, my rights have been violated? I, I, I just I don't see it. Uh, what about you? No, I, I, I completely agree. I don't I don't think that in in any way my rights have been have been violated. I, I have an opportunity honestly and, and to to sit down with my family better um and, and and talk about you know our relationship with god and stuff like that and teach our kids a little bit more you know from from our point of view as to taking them to church dropping them off at you know sunday school uh children's church whatever it may be and, and having somebody else teach their points of view to, towards mm, my kids and stuff good. like that you know so it's and I and I'm a big stickler on the on the where two or more gathered, you know that's that's church to me. Um, that's always that's that's always how I view church. I don't I don't view church as a building. Um, it's 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 not four walls. It's it's where the grace of God is, and so my my home can be, you know, church. My wife is here. I'm here. Our kids are here. You know. And we live in a world of technological advances where we aren't restricted to four walls anymore. And I think that's where a lot of people are are, are feeling like their their rights are infringed upon is because they've become so comfortable in in the norm in the in the past of what church is to them. You know, the church being a you know, even the definition of church, if you look it up on dictionary.com or, or, or anything, you're going to see that the first thing is a building for public Christian worship. And I don't I don't think that's right. I think that, you know, people have we have so many different variations of the Bible. And so then people start taking what their perspective is on what church is. And then 
you know, we, we start gathering that information and then we, we, we put it into a, a spot where, okay, well, a majority of people believe that church is a building. And for the past 60 plus hundred plus years, that's what we've believed is that church is a building, a place that you go to on a specific day at a specific time with your family. And that's where you learn about God. And that's not true anymore. You know, if we can have the easy way out, you know, if I I could just rely on a building and a pastor to do all the teaching about Christ, then that that tells me that I don't have to, that that relieves me over the responsibility of self-discipleship. Right. Yeah, that's that's a really sad way to go about any kind of believer's life. You know, you get to to go in on Sundays, um, ask God for forgiveness for for your sins, let him know that you still love him. And then you walk out that building and your whole life can change right? uh, in in an instant. And then you're you're back to the same point midway through the week. And and, and I could be wrong. I'm not a pastor. I was never ordained a pastor, but I grew up in the church. I saw my dad pastor a lot of people. I saw you pastor a lot of people. And so you get, you, you have, you have those that will continuously do God's work outside of the building. And then you'll have those that do it inside the building. And then once they leave the building, then they're back to living whatever worldly life they decided to live. And so the building has become a crutch almost in, in our faith that Mm. we can just do whatever we want. And then that one day a week, that one specific time, that one specific place, we can forget everything that we did wrong and try to get a fresh start. But then we go back and we do it all again. Right. No, you're doing exactly right. And, and unfortunately, it's not even just uh, the church people. It's, it's pastors all over who are fighting tooth and nail to still have services. And what they don't understand and realize is that, especially in the age of a pandemic, that they're putting their uh, parishioners at risk and they don't unnecessary risk. I mean, I, I, I read an article this morning and feel free for anybody out there listening to go and do your own research. But there's right now, as the, the way the pandemic is, and we're trying to level off and flatten the curve and all the things that they're saying, social distancing and all the things that we're doing. But do what right now that the uh, the COVID-19 is killing 1,800 United States citizens a day. You know how many people die of heart, heart disease every day in America? About 1,600. You know how many people die of cancer in the United States of America every day? About 1,200. Right now, the COVID-19 is the leading killer of people in the United States. But yet, you got people all over that are, you know, tram- you're, you're traveling on my rides. I can't go. I even saw a guy the other day on the news who was, who was broadcast, who was protesting on the Michigan State's Michigan State Capitol steps saying, I can't even go get fertilizer for my garden. This is ridiculous. But yet, the people are literally dying by the, by the hundreds every single day. And young people even but yet you're worried because you can't go get fertilizer and that guy's probably also one of the same people who complain about not being able to go to church on sunday and it's like where is your understanding where is your heart where is your humanity and if we have to be and think about everyone think about it if if someone told you hey listen in order to keep your family safe from harm and from this disease you know it's it's let's say even if it was like guaranteed to happen unless you stayed home for a while everyone in the right mind would say i'm going to stay home but they think but we think we're invincible 
and it will go away eventually the pandemic like every other one in history will eventually fade out and we'll go back to quote unquote normal and whatever that's going to look like at the other side of this but for right now it's affecting every single day, everyday citizens. And we have to keep in things in perspective. And so a lot of pastors, my, my point was, a lot of pastors, they are just trying to hold on to whatever their control is, and that's their church. And they are losing sight of why they are pastors in the first place is for people, not to build a church, not to bring people in so it looks good, you know, from your point, from your viewpoint at the pulpit, looking onto a crowd of people who came to hear you talk. That's all pride. It's about you protecting the sheep and the people in your church. I want to. I want to read. I want to actually um, uh, play now in a an audio. Uh, I'm actually going to play two audios. This is from the same pastor. Uh, this is actually kind of what got me thinking about this whole thing about a couple weeks ago. It was Palm Sunday morning. I happened to get get up really early that morning. Um, um, I just kind of wanted to get up and have a cup of coffee and kind of get up before everybody else did that morning. And I was watching the news and I pulled up CNN just so I could watch the news and drink my cup of coffee. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, one of my favorite things to do. And I, uh, the, the interviewer happened to pull up that morning. It was a Sunday morning. It was a pastor from Louisiana. His name is Pastor Tony Spell, who's become notorious, one of the biggest faces of the anti self anti uh, shelter in place orders for church. And uh, I have some things that updates about him. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but this was Palm Sunday morning, his interview with CNN. And then also have an interview he did with TMZ on the same, I think in the same day or within a couple of days here, listen to this. Well, this is one of the holiest weeks of the year for Christians and Jews around the world. Today is Palm Sunday, marking the start of Easter week and Passover begins at sundown on Wednesday. But They'll celebrate uh, during this reality of social distancing. Just this morning, Pope Francis held Palm Sunday Mass without the crowds of the faithful at St. Peter's Basilica. So many people are turning to online services, including the president. I'm going to be watching on a computer, right, on a laptop. I think on Easter, maybe I'll be watching from a laptop as opposed. So how sad is it that we have... Easter Palm and Easter Sunday, and people are watching on laptops and computers. It's sad. But our next guest is going a different route. He's choosing to keep the doors of his church in Louisiana open, despite facing uh, citations, fines, potential jail time for violating the restrictions in a hard place, a hard hit place in Louisiana. Tony Spell, pastor of Life Tabernacle Church, is with me now. Pastor, thank you for your time. Thank you, Victor. Good to be here with y'all this morning. Thanks so, for giving us an opportunity to talk. So, so you will be holding service uh, this morning? This morning, yes, sir. At 10 a.m., we will actually run our buses. We have a, uh, 27 buses that we cover a 50-mile radius of our city. We bring people into the house of God, feed them, feed them both uh, natural food and spiritual food, and then uh, we go back into our respective places. It takes us about eight hours to run this service on Sunday morning. Then we come back in tonight. For the you say eight day. hours. Let me ask you, um, we're low on time. How many people did you have last Sunday? How many are you expecting this Sunday? Uh, last Sunday, we had 1,800 in attendance. This Sunday, with the fear that's been propagated into the hearts of my people, I don't know, but 
it may have had the adverse effect and we may have more people today than last week. So there is a, um, an order from the governor there, John Bell Edwards in Louisiana, um, uh, barring uh, gatherings of 50 or more. The scientists who advise him uh, suggest that those gatherings put the people who will be coming to your church, the 1800 last week and whomever will show up this week, in danger. Do you believe them? Uh, we believe the science of this, Victor. However, uh, we do have a command from God, and there are no governing bodies uh, that can tell us we cannot gather and worship freely. But do you believe the science? Do you believe the science that people who are in um, these large gatherings close together are at a greater risk of contracting this uh, deadly uh, disease, this virus? Um, Do you believe the science? Yes, we believe the science. We also believe that 99.3, which the science says of the people that contract it, a lot of them don't even know they have it and recover. And then with that also... Uh, we're more interested. People have been locked up in their homes for 22 days now. Suicide, domestic violence, starvation, and the hope is the last stronghold in those people's lives, Victor. But, Pastor, let me ask you this. If you believe the science, and Mm -hmm. I I assume you are pro-life, is that correct? I I am pro-life. How is this a pro-life stance to put people in jeopardy of contracting a, a disease, getting a virus that has no treatment, no cure, uh, often has no symptoms, and has killed more than 8,400 people, 8,500 people this morning in our country in five weeks. Uh, My response to that is people's hope is in the house of God. If they do contract the virus, if they have fears of the virus, the church is more essential now than ever to pray with people, to let them know there is a bomb in Gilead, there is a physician in Jesus Christ. He is the healer. He said, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. Let me give you rest. So uh, we were supposed to be at a million and a half body bags. We're at 8,400. So the narrative is false, Victor. So we uh, have been caused. Yes. Uh, putting the, the, the number aside, because I'd imagine the families and friends of those 8,400 would take issue with you suggesting that we should have been at a million, but we're just at 8,400. Let me move to another element here, and I want to move to the, the, the legal element. Um, you've been cited several times uh, and could face 90 days in jail for each citation, a $500 fine. The. Uh, Chief of police there says that this is not an issue over religious liberty, and it's not about politics. We are facing a public health crisis and expect our community's leaders to set a positive example and follow the law. He goes on to say, instead of showing the strength and resilience of our community during this difficult time, Mr. Spell has chosen to embarrass us for his own self-promotion. Is this about self-promotion? If this were about self-promotion, then I would live stream and televise my services, which we have the ability to do, but we refuse to because the Word of God commands us to assemble together. Uh, When I was arrested by the chief of police, uh, after they arrested me, I did pray for he and his assistant chief of police, and I do refer to our governor and our chief of police and all governing bodies by their titles and uh, I'm not being returned the same uh, favor. However, what I do want to say is this is not about self-promotion. This is an attack on religious liberty, 
in the greatest nation in the world. But Pastor, what distinguishes your church from the 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 tens of thousands of places of worship around the country and even more beyond the U.S. borders who are right now holding services online, doing this uh, via streaming service? One word, conviction. Neither the pressure of our friends, family, lawsuit, jail, or death will stop us from operating our convictions, which is, let us go into the house of the Lord. This is the most important place in our life. We do not have a preference religion. This is what made America the greatest nation in the world, people's freedom to worship. And if this were about deaths, then every door in this city would be closed, Victor. And every, every door in this city, there are more people exposed in the retailers than will be in my service today. Hundreds and even thousands of people uh, and our and our lawyers are gathering that information All right. right now. And one of Roy your Moore one of your lawyers, I'd like to point out, um, is is Judge Roy Moore, um, who actually ran for Senate. I'll stop with that because he's basically there. You know, CNN unfortunately is not always real biased, and they tend to, uh, you know, put in throw in a little jab there at the end about Roy Moore, and that's not relevant. What do you think of that, CJ? <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't like to I don't. When it comes to pastors and 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 those that are that are in a position of power, um, because I do believe that a pastor is in a position of power, um, <laughs> there is no better word to describe him other than ignorant. Yeah, just just they, they, that was just utter ignorance and a lot because of excuses too if you notice he's talking about you know and, and also like also like a lot of misdirected well there's more people and other places you know than the church will be and i mean and also talking about if this is about self-promotion then i would be doing a live stream like yeah no, that's like obviously not because you would not even get a airtime on a national network if you were doing it you know the way that every other church in america is doing it right now you know what yeah. it sounds like? It, it, it sounds like to me, it's it's about money. It is about money. He gets 1,800 plus people to gather in his building week after week. Right. You take that away from him, he has to go to a live stream. Where's his, you know, if, if he, if, here's the thing is that if it's, if it's deemed by God that it needs to, that his building needs to, to stay afloat, then it's going to happen regardless yeah. of if he's having in, in, in-person services or if he's having live stream services. My church offers, you know, a way to pay via app on my mobile phone right. for, for offering, you know, and, right. I, and I know that most churches do because a lot of churches have come into the, you know, the, the, the technological realm of society today. So well, it's, I mean, there's so many ways to minister, especially in today. In 2020, there is zero excuse for not finding creative ways to, to minister the gospel. I mean, my, my dad, he's, you know, he's older, uh, but he's a pastor church down in Dallas. And it took a little bit of help. You know, I had to really help him, but he was more than willing and more than ha- more than happy to open up the services. Now he does it from his office and does a, 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 um, a Zoom webinar every single morning, Sunday morning. And now he's all even broadcasting those webinars to YouTube. And when all this is all done and said, he wants to continue doing that to YouTube and to, you know, to get to more people. And it's like, 
my dad would have never been open to that. In fact, I tried a lot of times to help him understand the importance of live streaming out and getting more, you know, his word out to not just the local community, but to everybody in the world who can hear it. And now that he's kind of seeing the benefit, wow, that could be really, really cool to open up the ministry even more. Because at that point, you're not just limited to whoever walks through your doors. You have an entire world that could be uh, available to listen to the services and worship God with you. You know, with that being said, the biggest the biggest thing that has always stuck with me, um, scriptural wise, is you know the Bible says go out and preach the gospel. Doesn't say stay in a building and let the sheep come to you. Right. It says go out, preach the gospel. Go to the people. Don't let the people. The people aren't going to come to you. Right. They're not. They, you, if you, if you have a dispute with your friend and you know that there's a dispute, your friend knows that there's a a dispute, but neither party believes that they are wrong in the dispute. How long before one of them goes to the other person to fix the dispute? Yeah, it takes you. It could be, it could be months. It could be years. Before one person says, okay, this is ridiculous. Let's go ahead and go to that other person. It, it doesn't work that way. You don't just go seeking something without, without a reason behind it, you know, but you can go out and find those people. You can be the change. You can change the world for the better, or you could be part of the problem. And right now, these pastors that want to continuously keep their doors open and say, oh, you guys are impending upon my rights to, to have my building open for services are just being ignorant. They're not making a change for the better. They're matter of fact, they're making a change for the worse. They're putting their entire congregation at jeopardy for, for adding to that 8,400 death toll. Right. He's well, got yeah. 1,800 people. You take the science, which he says that he's a believer of the science you know, so science comes with math. You take the math of the 1800 people that are going to be in that building. Right. How, what, what's the percentage of those 1800 people that can track that? And then what's the percentage of the people that die? I have an actual update about that. And actually this COVID has hit this church in a couple of different ways. Uh, And also I'll get to that in a second. Let me, I want to play with you one more interview I have by him. This is a much shorter one, uh, but I I think it's important. This is one he did with uh, the, everyone has heard probably of TMZ, uh, the the entertainment news there, but the great, you know, you can go, you can, you can make fun of TMZ all you want, but they are generally never wrong and always uh, the first ones to, um, to to release information. For some reason, they must have you know reporters everywhere. But anyway, they chose to uh, interview the same pastor. Uh, this is just a couple of minutes. Hear this out. What about the percentage of people who don't survive then? Whatever that percentage is, you know, what would you say if in the future one of your parishioners did die of coronavirus having come to one of your services? Would would you say feel like you have blood in your hands or not? No. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for God is with us. Then he said, fear not for I am with you. And then the Bible teaches us to be absent from our bodies is to be present with the Lord. So like any revolutionary or like any zealot or like any pure religious person death looks to them like a welcome friend you're saying that they wouldn't mind if they died 
True Christians do not mind dying. They fear living in fear. So you're saying of their convictions. You're saying that um, you think that your parishioners would prefer to come to the service and potentially get coronavirus and die than not come to the service and be fine. A people that can prefer disgrace to danger are headed for a master and deserve one. People that prefer tyranny over freedom do not deserve freedom. People have been locked in their homes for 23 days now like prisoners. The only vent that they have to their emotion is coming to the house of God and worshiping like free people. Why can't they just do it on Zoom or something? Why can't they do it like we're doing it now, just on face? That still works. God's everywhere. It does not work. If it worked, then why did America spend billions and billions of dollars on churches? But then hypothetically, in one month's time, if one of your parishioners has died of coronavirus, what do you have to say to their family who's watching it right now? I have to say that they died like free people fighting for their convictions. People die in my church of cancer, HIV, AIDS. But this is preventable. This is preventable. Well, who knows what is preventable? Scientists. Scientists do. And scientists need to know that God gave us a strong immune system. And the only way we're going to destroy this virus is for, they say everybody's going to get it. Then if everybody's going to get it, then let's get on with life. Hey, what do you think about that? Well, Well, so not everybody does have a strong immune system. I can attest to that. Um, I, I had a child that had cancer and then had no immune system. And I had to, I had to do some, I asked, I I asked my, my wife, her mom, how I actually, I had to, I, I said, I said, am I, am I bad for feeling the way that I do? And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, with this pandemic that's going on, am I a bad person for thanking God that he took her away before this happened. Yeah. Because, because what if, what, what if we were still fighting that right, right I, now? I same, same thoughts about Rachel, Rachel's mom, you know, who was really ill at the end of the year last year. Uh, and she was in a nursing home where it's affected a lot of people. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's, yeah, we've said the, almost the same thing. Like, you know, God, thank you for number one. Her mom, Becky, would not have been really into the whole no hugging, self isolation, <laughs> social distance thing. She was a very, yes. you know, get over here and hug me kind of a person. Um, but you know, I, we've had that same thought conversation. Like, man, you know, she would have been high risk, and 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 this is not. If you really look at you know the details of what this does to the body, I mean, you can go from being absolutely perfectly healthy one day, and then a week later on a ventilator and dying because your lungs are being filled with fluid and being torn apart by this virus. And, so and I watched firsthand what lung cancer does to somebody. Right. You know, yeah. what the fluid building up on lungs does to somebody and how hard it is to I've just recently done it. My grandma uh had fluid building on her lungs. She had she had lung cancer and 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 it's you know, the more that they have to operate on your lungs, the less percentage of oxygen your lungs are receiving at that point. Right. 
the the lungs next to the brain are probably the one of the most vital organs. You know, you have your brain, you have your heart, and you have your lungs. The three major components in your body that are going to keep you alive and going. Right. If you have you any take, kind of disease or problem with those, then it's really difficult to recover from. Exactly. And so this guy is just being – he he just said, you know, he has people in his church, in his congregation that, that, that have cancer, that have HIV and stuff like that. Those are immune-compromised people. Right. You know, yeah. they don't have the same immune system that you have. So to say that God gave us a, a, a good immune system is, is I don't know, I guess in all intents and purposes, blasphemy to those that don't have that great immune right. system. Well, I find it ironic that he brought up fear. I find it ironic that he brought up the world, you know, you know, we, we people who fear death, you know, don't fear, uh, you know. What what Christian Christians should fear is fear of tyranny and all these different things. And I'm thinking, dude, you are afraid of losing your rights. <laughs> That's what you're afraid of. You're afraid of tyranny, you know. And, and it's like God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, which means that we are able, through God's peace, think straight and think, uh, you know, the big picture, and to look at other people more, uh, you know, than ourselves, and to take care of one another, you know. And I. I don't think Jesus would be very interested in any pastor putting their flock and their sheep, the people that God have put them, you know, to be a pastor over in any unnecessary harm. And then if you can creatively find a way to help people still worship God without having to put them at risk, I'm pretty sure that that's the way God would want you to go. In fact, you know, I got to, I'll tell you, I'll give you an update on that church. So interesting things. Um, <laughs> this is a uh, headline. Pastor Tony Spell, parishioner dies from COVID-19. This was just the other day. This is a 78-year-old man who was a member of Life Tabernacle Church, which is Pastor Tony Spell's church, has reportedly died from COVID-19. According to Embassy Local 33, the man's cause of death was, quote, acute respiratory distress syndrome, syndrome, second pneumonia, second COVID-19. Spell, the pastor, disputed the man's cause of death, saying he died of a broken heart after recently losing his son. It's unclear when the man last attended service at Spell's church. Listen to this. This is even crazier. Because that's a 78 year old man, you know. Okay, let's, let's say, let's, I'll just give you for, you know, for, 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 I'll give that one to you. Maybe that may not have been COVID 19. You know, there's a million other reasons and ways a, a 78 year old man or woman may die. Okay, sure. But listen to this. Pastor Tony Spell's lawyer has pneumonia in both lungs and is hooked up to oxygen after contracting COVID-19. Let me read that again. Pastor Tony Spell's lawyer has pneumonia in both lungs and is hooked up to oxygen after contracting COVID-19. Um Jeff Wittenbrink, which is the lawyer's name, tells TMZ he was admitted Tuesday to Baton Rouge Medical Center with the virus after his condition worsened over the weekend. In addition to pneumonia, he's battling high fever and persistent cough. Wittenbrink attended two services at Pastor Spell's Life Tabernacle Church on April 2nd and April 5th, which was Palm Sunday, which is the same Sunday that you just heard the two uh, interviews take, were taken. He tells us he shook hands with the controversial pastor that day, but added that Spell sanitized his hands immediately afterward. Witten brings us Spell does that after he shakes hands with everyone. It's not, I guess it's not, you know, 
He also says he did not go to Easter service and his wife decided not to attend either given his condition. That being said, he doesn't think he contracted the virus while attending the church. I don't care if he, if he, in my opinion, I don't care if he, if he contracted at the church or not. The fact is that this particular virus, you can go for two weeks, have it, and spread it around before you even know you have it. And that's interesting that he's more mindful about, oh, I don't think I got it at church, rather than being concerned about who he gave it to, possibly. Right. Instead, wouldn't bring things he picked it up at the previous week while doing his daily business, going to drugstores, grocery stores, hardware stores. Um. Yeah, I, I read another article where he basically said, I just didn't care. I just was going around doing my own daily business. Uh, I, and this is the lawyer of the pastor you just heard. And um, yeah, and it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. But yet this pastor's still relentless. He still is having services. Uh, there's another article about another pastor in Virginia. I won't read too much of this because it's kind of beating a horse here. But it says the, the it says Bishop... Gerald Glenn, uh, who said God is larger than COVID-19, has died from the disease. Yeah. Apparently, within a week of this pastor, who said from the podium, God's bigger than COVID-19, we're going to still have church, within a week later, met his demise. You know, and I mean, it's sad. I'm not trying to beat these pastors up or to... You know, to, to call them out. I'm just trying to say, listen, there is much bigger reasons to not have church and to not put unnecessary unnecessary risk on your followers than for you to, as a pastor to still be up there preaching in front of a whole bunch of people. It, yeah. it just, it just it's, it's unnecessary and it's unwise. And, you know, I, okay, so one, one person, some pastors say, well, what about my rights? The, the First Amendment says, says that I have the right to, for, to practice my religion however I want to. You're absolutely right. But no one is taking away. I'd like to ask a pastor, one of these guys, what, what, what right is, is being taken away from you? Are they, are they, literally, what, what right is being taken away from you? Yeah, they're not saying that you can't you can't pray to God. They're not saying that you can't worship God. They're not no. saying you can't go out and tell somebody else about God. They're not saying <laughs> that you they're they're literally asking you to just keep your doors closed for right. a specific time frame. While we try to this this virus isn't going away, and and that and and people have to understand that regardless of you know the whole point of this stay at home orders and and, and things like that is to flatten the curve, yes, but the virus is still going to be there at the end of the day. Right. Once 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 everything is opened back up, this is still this now becomes the common flu. You know, right. when the flu came out, we we freaked out, right. You know, it's still going to be there. It's still going to be in our lives, but this is, it's more than that now. Now we get a chance to reflect on, on our morals as, as, as a humanity, right. you know, what, what do we truly believe? Do we believe that, you know, we should go about living our lives when we could save millions? Yes. There are going to be deaths and that's a sad, that's a sad part of, uh, uh, of it. You know, the truth is that there's going to be deaths, but how many more can we save by just doing the right thing? Mm. 
How many people can we can we just keep safe? My family, your family, our friends, people in the world that we don't know that could have eventually a bigger impact on our lives than what we know. We could be saving them for something that God truly has intended. You know, if if there was ever something that that you know people felt like the 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 world was coming against them this would be it this is the the science is now showing that the world can do harm to us what can we do to come to combat that right we we stay inside right exactly man it's definitely not sit there and complain about your first amendment right being taken away when in reality that's as far from the truth as as anything and on top of that okay so okay let's say so what let's say even if you were giving i'm gonna get hate mail for this one but let's say you really did your rights did really did get taken away uh you know let's say that you know people would come in and you know the authorities would come in with guns at your face if you start to go down in prayer or whatever um you know okay so what does that mean that you stop worshiping the lord does that mean that that has taken away anything that the god has given you or you have given to god absolutely not and and i think that you know we're we're looking at uh, in my opinion i think that we are looking more at our rights and the right to worship god as more important than just worshiping god as 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 a general purpose as a general rule and that yeah. really really frustrates me it's like we the the, the the where the the right to worship god has replaced worshiping god it's like we we're more concerned about what we are being told we can and can't do rather than doing it regardless i i if any you know i challenge all of these pastors and christians of people who are mad and raising up and saying that we're losing our rights i challenge them to go read the fox's book of martyrs about people who literally truly were persecuted and tortured for their faith you know they they would look at us and laugh like you're you're complaining because they asked you to stay home for a couple months you know two three months to away from to not go to church for a couple months and that's what you're upset about you know well, even <laughs> even if they were to actually read the scripture you know you can get all the, the all these same stories that people have preached about for years and years why did daniel go to the lions Dan? right you know yeah. what it what did paul get thrown in jail for right yeah, man. You know, no yeah, all of these stories right. that we preach. There's way, exactly. There's way more uh, representations of persecution than, than than a governor giving you a suggested stay-at-home order while we try to get this virus under control. And I think a lot of it's because I think that we worship our constitutional rights more than we worship God sometimes. And, I, you know, it, it has always bothered me why in America, why we have the American flag on the altar. You know, I, I just I don't necessarily think that that – that that's appropriate because we're not citizens of America. We're citizens of heaven. And I was born in America and believe me, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful that I live here. I've been to several other countries in my lifetime and every, even, even in Canada, you know, uh, I've been there. And even though it's a lot like America, it's not America. I I was, I, I still felt more comfortable and more at home here than there. And I'm grateful for that. I, that God blessed me to be able to be born and raised and living in this country. And I don't take that for granted. However, I don't look at the flag as my salvation. I look to Jesus as my salvation. I don't look to the Constitution for guidance. I look to Scripture as my as my guidance. 
And we, we, those are two completely different things that I think a lot of Christians in America, they blend together and it's really causing them to be blind because now they have to justify their, uh, their, their emotions and feelings about the constitution with their truth about scripture. And especially in circumstances like we're seeing today, that you just can't have both. You, you just can't, yeah. you know, you have to be able to uh, look first to God and to others before you look to the constitution or your rights. Anyway. All right. Well, I want to, I want to, as we come to a close, I want to kind of talk about some scriptures here. He mentioned in that video about how the God by the Bible commands us to, uh, to, to gather ourselves together. So I think it's important that we do a study on what those scriptures actually truly mean. And when I talked about these at the beginning of the, of the show of the episode, uh, we went to Hebrews ten 25. I'll read that again. It's important when you're running, when you're reading scripture, you don't just read one, one scripture and call it good. You, you, in order to understand the context of what any scripture is talking about, I don't care if the scriptures Jesus wept. It's important you understand uh, the whole meaning of that scripture. And it's like you wouldn't go and say that you've read War and Peace uh, because you read one sentence or one phrase, you know, or you have to see things as as they are, um, and how they are meant to be said and how they you know, are to be read. Hebrews 10, 25, I'll read that. Then we'll go back a few scriptures and talk about it in the big picture. And not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Okay. So what does that mean? I think that you have to, in order to understand the scripture, you have to understand, you have to ask yourself, what does it mean by assembling ourselves together? So a lot of people, the majority of pastors in America would say that means you go to church. When the church doors are open, you go into those church doors, you go into a congregation, you sing some praise and worship, you give in the tithes and offering, you listen to a sermon, you go to the altar when it's time for prayer, you know, you invite other people to church, all the things, you take communion, all the things that we know of as the church experience in America, that's what most pastors would say, that's what it means to assemble yourselves together. Would you agree with that? That's what most pastors say cj oh yeah okay so that'd be one that'd be one perspective and in fact it's the majority perspective however in learning and seeing this in the bigger picture i've known i've learned and everyone do this yourself it's, it goes look and search i think you'll find it actually means something completely different shocker right Hebrews 10, 23. Let's go back up a couple of verses. I mean, I encourage you to read the whole chapter of Hebrews chapter 10 to really get the understanding. But you can even do it by just going two verses earlier. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Okay, so what that is telling us is that the, the profession of faith that we have, let it not be taken away from us. Okay, let us hold in our hearts the hope that we have in Jesus, the love that we have in Jesus, the peace that we have in Jesus, all of the package that we have by giving and, and having faith in the Lord, hold on to that. Okay, it's a possession. You take it, you apply it, you live it. That's what that verse means. 
And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And then there's a, co- a, a colon there, not a semicolon, it's a, not even a period, but a colon, which means I'm about to continue this sentence. But a lot of people, they only read the second sentence, which is the verse we talked about in 25. They forget that this verse exists. So let's read it again. And in fact, I'm going to read the sentence as it was intended to be said. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. CJ, let me read, what does that tell you? I I mean, <laughs> that tells me that we need to be focusing on the good works together. Yeah. That's the like that's that's, what gathering that's, together means. That's what it is. Gathering together that means that we gather together as the body of Christ, not into a building, but together as, as one body, professing and provoking one another unto love and to good works. That's how you gather the church together. That's how you fulfill Hebrews 10.25, is you come together to do good works unto man, and you become, like we all know, the Bible says, the salt of the earth, the city on a hill, the light that shines brighter than any other light in the sky, because we have been given life and love through God, and so we therefore give it to other people. And it's like it's such a dumb moment. It's such a it's, it's such a makes so much more sense than saying that this verse means that we all have to go to church every single Sunday. It's so much more than that. It's it's like yeah. it, 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 you can absolutely in understanding this. Can uh, CJ? Would you say that you can fulfill Hebrews 20, ten twenty three through twenty five without even stepping a foot into a church? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I said that at the beginning of the, of, of this episode, I know I can, I can fulfill my obligations as a Christ follower to preach the gospel with the, with what means I have necessary. And my means necessary is better than what it was for my ancestors a hundred years ago, because I have technology you know, I don't fear the technology. I can, I can sit and have with, if I wanted to, with my dad who lives in Arkansas, with you, we could have a group session all via Zoom or, or, or even a phone call. You know, you and I have had multiple conversations about, about, you know, faith and stuff like that through text messaging. Right. Because that's, it's available. You know, if I have, and and then if it convicts me, then we're doing our job. Right. You know, as Christ followers, if I, if I'm getting convicted because of, of something that you've told me, then you're doing your job as a pastor. Right. Because you're teaching me something. Right. You, you're, you're showing me that there, there is more to, to the word and than, than just what I believe. See, what this is telling me, man, is that this is telling Christians we gather together in one place. We're gathered to Jesus. We're not gathered together for fellowship. We're gathering together to Christ. It means we're all on the same page. We're all working for the same goal. You know, um, the, the, the Greek word for, for gather and, and, and for, for, for this together, really, is a word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, but it's a Greek word. I'm going to – it's called – Epi, Episunagage. Okay, I'll spell it E P I S U N A G O G E. 
do a search on that word throughout scripture and you'll see that every single time this verse is, that word is mentioned is, is talking about gathering together a group of believers to do provoke one another into love and to good works and what this is telling us is that we're supposed to gather together in one place and that place is Jesus the body of Christ and yep. when you cheapen it down to just saying we got to come in between these walls and that's fulfilling the scripture that leaves a world of opportunity uh, outside because there's this like you're saying nope that if I fulfill the scripture by this for scripture by just going to church where does that leave the rest of, of, of society where does that yeah. leave any place for evangelism where does that leave any place for good works where does that leave any place for loving one another more than yourself it doesn't because all of a sudden now you're limited by your experience in church because that's what you believe is all you have to do in order to fulfill Hebrews 2.25 and that's just a very sad place to be you know, we're, we're, we're supposed to believe that we are one body, one mind, one flesh, one soul. We can't do that if we have multiple four walls. Right. If, we are, if we are truly one body, we should be one body. You know, we should not be, I'm going to be this section over here, and then you can have like the fingertip over here. Right, and then uh, maybe we'll we'll cohort, cohort and, and and try to make you know our movements. We become a Frankenstein monster at that point. Yeah. Well, the Bible says what it tells us. I think it's like First Corinthians twelve that we're all one body, but you can't say to your hand, "You don't need you," or to your foot, "I don't need you." Like you know, you we need every single part of us, and that's why you know I'm frustrated when I hear about these these pastors, and even the one that you know that had that that died after a week, saying that I, you know, why uh, I'll even read a quote to him. He says. The pastor that died, he says, I firmly believe that God is larger than this dreaded virus. You can quote me on that. And he, he says he called himself controversial and violation of safety protocols. You know, I'm going to vow to keep my church open unless I'm in the jail or hospital. And he goes, I'm an essential. I'm a preacher. I talk to God. And then a week later, he died. And and, yeah. and, and not only that, did he die, but who knows what and whom he may have spread it to while he was there. Because pastors, you know, we're, we're, I was one man. And I, I mean, the, one of the biggest things that I told people is like, beat me to him. If there's a guest or whatever, it's my job. My first job, first and foremost, to go and to greet them, to welcome them, to thank them for coming. And, uh, you know, that's the every pastor's job is to go out there and mingle and be with the people. And if you're so haughty to think that, you know, you this is that that you're not going to get this, or even if you do, that it won't hurt other people, man, you're, you're putting all sorts of people on unnecessary risk. And, but again, my point is not to, to beat these pastors down as much as it is to encourage all of us to look at things through God's eyes, not just our centralized Americanized religion that we tend to barrel point our eyes into. And it's just that there's so much a greater, bigger world outside of the viewpoint of selfishness and, and of self indulgence that we can need to open up and see that God is truly wants to do something bigger with us than just going to church every Sunday. Right. Yeah. So. It's, you know, and, and just to, you know, Ephesians four, you know, through six, just, you know, tells us the exact same thing that I already said. There is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. We are one body. We don't have to separate out. We don't have to stay within four walls. 
we go out, we preach the gospel, we do exactly, even this podcast, you know, even if this touches one person, we have done exactly yeah. what those, what those scriptures you just read wanted us to do. Yeah, exactly right, man. All right, man. What a topic. Like I said, this, there's so much to say. And, and I'm sure it won't be the last time this gets brought up just because it's something that I think that everybody just needs to just be reminded of, you know. And, and again, I'm not I don't want our rights to be violated. I don't want there to be some sort of tyrannical government overreach of power. I don't want any of those things. And I but I, I believe that we're far from that. But even if we were that way, our salvation's not, guys. Our salvation's not in the Constitution. It's not in our rights. It's not in the Bill of Rights. It's not in the president. It's not in the government. It's through salvation and jesus christ and our hope in him alone keep that your focus and that will sustain you and get us all through whatever comes our way whether it be COVID 19 or just day-to-day life god will always make sure that we're taken care of all right guys well again cj i really appreciate you coming by today man uh thanks for having me i, I really appreciated it I'm, I'm glad we got an opportunity to talk about it because it is it, it is something that that the people need to be aware of you know yeah. Our, no, no, our rights no. aren't being trampled upon. No. And, and, and the minute that you think that you do or that they are, then you've already lost. Yeah. No, man. Could you put yourself in a place of fear? And, and that's not where God wants us to be. All right, guys. Well, if you uh, go on to, uh, I, I, if you haven't yet, head on over to uh, the iTunes page and leave a review, maybe in a, a couple stars or five stars if you're really feeling generous. I really, really appreciate it. Just go to, you can just go to Google, type in iTunes, and this is Life Podcast with Sean Johnson, or this is Life with Sean Johnson, and uh, you should pull it right up. And you can go down there to the very bottom of the page and put a review there. I'd really, really appreciate that. Any kind of feedback really helps. Uh, if you want to hear catch up on the latest uh, episodes go to this is life pod.com uh hit me up at this is life pod on twitter uh or gmail the same thing this is life pod at gmail.com i'd love to hear from all you guys out there until next time god bless you guys aloha and mahalo